Welcome to another fun-filled hashtag Football Friday edition of Second City Sports. We're live in Living Color right here on Sports Soul Chicago, along with Mr. Kim McGee, which is she. I am Cindy Brown. Hey, that's me. You can find yours truly on the Twitter X in the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. You follow my Keenan McGee on the Twitter, X and Keenan's Crow again, IG. Make sure you download the Sports on Chicago app wherever you get your apps. Make sure you follow Sports on Chicago on all social media platforms. That's Facebook, Twitter, X, Instagram, and YouTube. And please subscribe to our podcast at War Media Podcast. That's W-A-R-R Media, P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S. We are on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. And while you're at it, please give War Media a follow at WAR Media on all social media platforms as Facebook, Twitter, X, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. We are unapologetically fun and we have very definite opinions. If you have any definite opinions in the world of sports, doing our two hours time for guests, we call it Sports Talk Radio Show. You can always find us at Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or at Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in those questions or comments in the comment section. Lakino will get the bump on the screen for you. But if you decide to troll and or do something silly, dumb, or stupid, I've given Lakina full powers to give you the you fools to be able to be a boot. Toodles. But before we begin, we must remind you you can also catch Sports Zone Chicago live in the 11 color or Roku TV. That's right. So celebrate with the squad and get with the program. Sports Zone Chicago is now available on Roku TV. If you already have a Roku television, just tap on that sports folder and download that Roku, that Sports on Chicago app, rather. If you don't have a Roku television, but you have some handheld devices laying around, iPhone, iPad, iTouch, your Chromebook, or your personal PC, or your Chromebook, just head up the Google Play Store and download that Roku TV app and access Sports on Chicago through that avenue. So no more excuses. Celebrate with the squad and get with the program. Sports on Chicago is now available on Roku TV. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, live and on demand. Anytime, anywhere. And you know we will provide. Yes, <clears throat> we will provide. <laughs> I will say we will provide. What you can do on Second City, what, you know, our, well, we'll provide anything that you can get on Second City Sports. And today is no exception. We're going to talk some Bulls and NBA. The in-season tournament starts tonight. So oh, goody. Uh, of course, we'll, uh, <laughs> of course, we'll, uh, well, Montez Sweat joins the Bears. Also, too, they're going to be gearing up for their game against the Saints. We'll have Mr. Ross Jackson from Locked On Saints. We tried to get him on a couple of years, about last year when they, when they played, but, you know, of course, circumstances, you know, we'll, we'll have him explain that too. He'll join us at, you know, in a little bit later on in the second hour. Of course, we'll, Texas wins their first World Series. Of course, our girl Christine Manica will join us from KXRB for our NFL Week ten, Week Nine. Yeah, Week Nine pickups. Oh boy, the season's gone by quick, and a whole lot more. But first, sixth in pace, 107 possessions in the first game, 101 in the second game, 103 possessions in the third game on Monday night. As Levine, four rebounds a game, but. Drummond's been a factor in his time on the floor here, late first, early second. Caruso using an Andre Drummond screen to find some... Well, that Brooklyn game, no one had a lead bigger than seven. Tonight, no one has had a lead bigger than eight. DeMar DeRozan. And we see some... Well, it's Hardaway on the move. He just tied the game, but dribbled into traffic there, and Drummond was able to steal it. Drummond's also always had quick hands defensively and been a good steals guy. And give it to Timmy was exquisite. Harder to put Chicago right back in front. 
And those highlights were um, so uh, unfortunately, you know, the Bulls, you know, lost a tough one against the Mavs after they left for a little bit, in, you know, in you know the third quarter. But uh, Dallas outscored the Bulls. You know, they were hot from the three-point range. So unfortunately, they didn't end up you know losing that game. You know, they fall to two and three. You know, Sid, I mean, I'm hearing like yo know, Bulls Twitter. You got you got a little Bulls Twitter, right, folks? I mean. They get you know, very antsy. You know, they always make fun of the Bulls every chance they get. If you saw our buddies from CHGO, Matt Peck, you know, he was actually you know, losing because the Bulls, yes, the, you know, they, they outscored. They outscored the Mavs in the paint, but it was really the three-point shooting that kind of killed them in the end. I know Kyrie didn't play that game on Wednesday, but – you know, unfortunately, it was a three-point shoot by the Mavs. I mean, they're they're showing you why they're uh they're one. You know, I think only two undefeated teams left in the NBA. The well, well, Boston. Well, yeah, I think they're like three of them left. I think you know them, Boston. I think Denver, of course. Well, I think no, Denver lost uh, a couple of days ago. We'll talk about that in a second. But so, what did you think about that that uh, that Mavs uh, Bulls game? Uh, Kyrie Irving did not show up on the injury report, but shows up on the bench not playing. Low management, you gotta love it. <laughs> and thank you to Bally Sports Southwest for uh, giving us those uh, lovely highlights of the Chicago Bulls and the Dallas Mavericks. So, Lakina, as you mentioned, the the three point shooting, of course, it, it was a decent percentage at thirty three percent for the game. But as I said on Monday, this team is trying to find their identity. They're trying to find that balance of taking more three-point shots uh, instead of two-point shots. I thought they did a good job of that in Monday's in Monday's win against Indiana, which we'll discuss in a minute. But uh, they uh, they uptake their three-point attempts a little bit, but not by that much. But one thing that stuck out to me is the assists for the whole game as a team, 19. Let me repeat that again, 19 assists for the whole game. Lakina, you're not going to win many games in the NBA with just 19 uh, total assist for the game. That's just not going to happen. And Patrick Williams, I don't want to beat up on the young man, but Lakina, he had an offer again. I no like points. Over, yeah, over five from three point range and over six overall. He had three rebounds, but Lakina, like I said on Monday, I'll say it again. Taking him out of the starting lineup will do wonders for the Bulls. Does it solve all their problems? No, but you got to start somewhere. Yeah, and look, you know, Grant Williams, I think, was, you know, the, of course, a free agent signing from Boston. He was seven from nine from the three-point range, uh, tied a career-high 25 points, and I think he was kind of, like, led to charge for the Bulls, along with Tim Hardaway Jr., who had 24 off the bench, who was seven for 13 from three. That's what really killed the Bulls in the end. And, mm -hmm. look, as far, as far as P. Wills is concerned, look, I've said in the last, you know, couple of games that we've done this, I think maybe sending him might be the best way to do it, I mean, right now, I mean, look, you were right there in the in the, in the, uh, in the game with the Mavs. Well, of course, unfortunately, the three pointer kind of kills you in the end. You know, thirty three twenty two. You know, out they outscored in the fourth quarter. So I think for me, I think it might be best to sit him at least for right now, so we can get out of this funk that he's in. Put Tory Craig. I know, yeah, poor, yeah, Craig isn't you know the most productive either, but you need somebody there to kind of you know be sort of like that you know that that guy in the, uh, up in the front court. So they need something. They need something to give him a spark, and maybe Craig can do that. Yeah, I know the numbers have been showing up for Torrey Craig so far this year, but as I told you in our last show, him and Alice Caruso are bringing that energy off the bench, and that's what you like to see from this Bulls team. Even though they have one of the deep benches in the league, in my opinion, Torrey Craig, if you give him more time, he'll bring more energy. I think he'll be a little bit more productive, definitely more than Patrick Williams. So I agree with you. Torrey Craig should be in the starting lineup immediately. Now with the other free agent addition from the summer, Jalen Carter, I think I thought he had his best game as a bull the other day, scoring 12 points, including shooting five or seven overall, two or two from three-point range. It looks like he's starting to find his way 
Hopefully he can continue to do that. Also, too, you have Andre Drummond. I know he had eight points and three rebounds, but as we said before, Lakina, the more playing time he gets coming off the bench, the more that this Bulls team will be will better off will be, especially from from a defensive standpoint. Hopefully, Billy Donovan can use him more in the correct way, unlike last year when he didn't play him at all. Uh, in certain situations that he should have played, in my opinion, he didn't play. But so far this year, uh, Andre Drummond has been very productive. You would like to see that from him. So for, so from this Bulls team thus far, you need to find the balance uh, within within the flow of the offense. And I heard our buddy Ricky O'Donnell from SB Nation. He was on Shonda Meyer earlier today, and he was talking about how how the Bulls are trying to force feed Vucevic. And we've been saying this for the last couple of years, you know, use Nikolai Vucevic to within the flow of the offense. I know and Ricky sort of disagreed this morning. You can go check it out, Sean and Maya in the morning from November 3rd. That was earlier today to view that, uh, that whole comp, that conversation in its entirety. But I'll still say this, Lakina, just like last year, Get Vuce involved within the offense. He doesn't have to take the shot every time, but when he gets the matchup in the paint, let him go to work. And when he doesn't have the position, let him pass the ball because he's one of the best big men in the league as far as passing is concerned. And um, once he, you get him involved with that, the offense will flow. Because like I said before, in the first couple of games that I saw, uh, you pump fake and pump fake and trying to force a three-point shot, that's not moving – the ball with, with any kind of flow within the offense, you know, take your time, move the ball around and find the open man. That's how you get quality shots. Yeah. And I think, well, we were saying for like the last two years, like you get Vooch involved, especially in the front, he can shoot from the outside and shoot from the inside. Let him kind of be the one that kind of guides you. Look, you'll get tomorrow's active. You'll take the ball to the court. You'll give it to Kobe. Then you'll get Vooch, mm-hmm. you'll put him up an open look, whether it's from the perimeter or from the inside. So and even the interior, even further than the interior. So this is kind of what the Bulls needed. They want to try to make some inroads in this in-season tournament. We'll talk more about that after the break. But I think for me, look, the Bulls are two and three. You probably say it should be three or three and one. I mean, they had a good you know showing against Indiana on Monday. You know, look, I know that Indiana, you know, they kind of, you know, they were undefeated at the time when the Bulls played them. And they kind of, you know, they've had Indiana. No, Indiana scored a lot of points. Well, they had they were on a tail end of a bad, uh, you know, bad shooting uh, night. But mm-hmm. we'll talk about that in a second. But it, you know, look, Demar had twenty, Vuce had twenty four and seventeen boards, and Zach had twenty three. They're like I think they were like nine and five or ten and five or something like that when the three of them score at least twenty points. So if you're those three are kind of in their groove and you know scoring. They could, you know, the Bulls can actually make some, can actually do something and actually surprise some folks. But P will, P will had nine points. So I'm sorry, that's not good enough. He needs to do that on a consistent basis. He needs to be scoring at least, you know, 14 or 15, if even more than that. And the Bulls want to try at least get out of that funk in that seven to 10 range. Yeah, as we saw last Saturday night at Detroit when Zach Levine uh, goes off for 51 points and, uh, and the rest of the guys on the roster just sit by and watch. That's not good. You're not going to win very many games. And as you pointed out with the stat sheet from last Monday night's win at Indiana, we have balanced scoring. I guarantee you they had more than 19 team assists in that game. Once you share the ball, you have balanced scoring. Everybody contributing, knowing their role, you'll win your share of basketball games. The only thing I didn't like about the Indiana game, Lakina, I don't know if you paid attention to it closely, but the Bulls had a, a couple of possessions where they almost threw the ball away. I think it was one possession was with I believe was like under 30 seconds to go. DeMar DeRosa saved the ball for going out of bounds. I forgot who threw that 
ugly pass, but he saved the ball for going out of bounds. Indiana was still within striking distance at, at the time of, of trying to tie the game. But I know it's early in the season, but with a veteran team like the Bulls have, you can't afford to make dumb mistakes uh, down the stretch. They got away with it uh, against Indiana on Monday, but you cannot do that against better teams. No, we you saw that. We saw it a couple of times on in Dallas on uh, Wednesday. So uh, mm-hmm. you know, well, we'll see the look. Like I said, we'll, we'll they have the in-season tournament starting tonight. We'll we'll talk more about that. Um, they play, play the play, play, they play the Nets. So you know, we'll talk more about that here after the break. We'll talk about the rest of the NBA too. Some good performances. A little bit of a you know everything is old is new again from LeBron. Uh, Clay had a nice um, you know game winner and. You know, Wimby, I think it looks like he may be giving the Suns nightmares and a whole lot more. Like, <laughs> McGee, Cindy Brown, you know, second season sports on Sports on Chicago, college football. You know, well, he's talking some college football too, you know, week 11 and, uh, and a whole lot more. Keenan McGee, Cindy Brown, second season sports on Sports on Chicago. More NBA talk coming up right after this. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks, they can be a real lifesaver. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. Trisha's having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only 10, but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things, none of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy, I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. (laughs) Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say, no thanks, not my thing. Mom. I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration.
Hey, this is Dr. J, and I listen to Sean and Maya in the morning. And welcome back to Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter. X at Keenan McGee again, the IG. You can follow yours truly, Sydney Brown, on the Twitter. X in the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. We have less than 85 minutes left for this extravaganza we call the Sports Talk Radio Show. If you have any questions or comments for us, you can always hit up Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago's YouTube page. Type in those questions and comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. All right, so let's start off the this weekend, this past week in the NBA. We'll start with uh, yesterday as the Spurs win two in a row against the Suns. We'll get to the comeback on Wednesday, but um, yeah, one thirty-one to one twenty-one win. They kind of you know took the lead and never looked back. Uh, I'm talking about the Spurs. The Victor Wembanyama had thirty-eight points and I and ten boards. And I think he's starting to, you know, start to kind of find his groove a little bit. You know, I think that's a really, you know, a really good showing um, by him. And he's also the first teenager to score that many points. Uh, so, you know, unfortunately, well, we'll get to the Suns in a second. But, you know, Keldon Johnson, you know, had, only had seven points. But he was kind of like, I'm talking about uh, Wimby was kind of like the, a one-man show. He kind of like led the, lead for, led the way for the Spurs. I'm not going to say that he's going to be the next – Shaquille O'Neal or the next Kareem Abdul-Jabbar or the next uh, Will Chamberlain. I'm not trying to, uh, no, no, no pun intended, I'm not trying to piss on a young man, but he's going to be a problem uh, once he develops his game fully because, yes, he's the tallest player out there, but he has small forward slash shooting guard skills, and once that's properly developed over the next couple of years, he's really going to take off like, like I believe that he will. Like you saw that in the first couple of years of Giannis Antetokounmpo's career, he was, you know, he had the raw talent, but he just had to be, had to be developed. And you see what he's looking like right now. So I see Victor Wimbiama as that type of player in the, in the next two or three years. But as of right now, just like most young players, he's playing off talent. He's taking advantage of it. Uh, thank goodness for him. And, we, I thought personally that Phoenix had enough depth on their front line to at least mm-hmm. uh, compete w- w- with a player like that. But uh, last night, Victor said no, and uh, the Spurs uh, took advantage of that. And, and like you said, they swept they swept the two game series uh, in Phoenix this week. I don't know why the NBA scheduled it like that, but I thought we was done with that whole thing a few years ago. But I digress. But but the Spurs, do I see them as a playoff team? No, because they don't have enough talent around Mr. Wimbiama, but I think they could, I say could, in air quotes, flirt around with the playing tournament like a couple of years ago. But uh, I think Victor Wimbiama is really going to be a problem on the defensive end because he's even though he doesn't going to, I don't think he's going to block a lot of shots, but he's going to alter a lot of shots. He's really going to change how opponents uh, run their offense. Well, yeah, no Bradley Beal either. So uh, you can tell that they miss him. I think he probably would have been able to slow mm-hmm. down Wimby, but I think that's really kind of what it is. But you know, Phoenix, you know, they're gonna, you know, I, you know they're gonna, they're starting to lose their patience over there. So uh, we'll see uh, uh, what happens with that. Orlando edged out Utah one thirteen. New Orleans beat uh, Detroit one twenty five one sixteen. Uh, one fourteen ninety nine. The Sixers over the 
over the uh, Toronto Raptors. Going into Wednesday's matchups, you got uh, the Lakers and the Clippers. I saw a lot of this game after uh, the Bulls game was over. You know, it was nice to see healthy bodies for both teams on the court. Yay! 130-125 in overtime. LeBron uh, had 35 points. And LeBron kind of showing you that, look, he's still got a little bit. Yeah, okay, yeah, he's a little – yes, he's older and might have a lot of wear and tear. But, you know, look, his 81st 30-plus uh, point games is turning 35 30, – you know, 35 years old, that passes Carmelo for the most by any player after turning 35 in the NBA. He also picked up his 81st 30-point uh, uh, game since, uh, and also that, that, okay, yeah, and, and look, you know, that, you know, he, I'm sure he'll probably have to take some low management, you know, games off, um, you know, probably later in the season, but he wants to kind of give the Lakers a little bit of kind of like a cushion, you know, and a nice show in there for them, and it was actually pretty entertaining because usually it's kind of like, I know because of you know injuries, like I said, guys, you know, taking games off, you know, was a little bit mm-hmm. low management, but uh, you know, we haven't seen James Harden yet. We'll get to that in a second, but uh, yeah, this was actually a pretty entertaining game. Yes, as I mentioned, stars healthy all over the court. I know ESPN was happy, of course. I'm sure they wanted James Harden in there, but uh, he's not ready to play just yet. He'll be wearing jersey number one for the Clippers, by the way, for those that are interested. But Lawson the sauce and all this, looking at Anthony Davis, 27 points and 10 rebounds. You would like to see him be a little bit more aggressive on the offensive end. It, it was a start on Wednesday. He he helped out Le, LeBron, and hopefully he can continue to have more games like this on a consistent basis. Inconsistency has been his problem. I'm talking about Anthony Davis on the offensive end of, for the Lakers. Hopefully he can keep that up. Also lost in the, in the sauce on the flip side, Lakina for the Clippers. Besides Paul George scoring 35, Kawhi scoring 38, Russell Westbrook 24 points. Three and six shooting from downtown. <laughs> When's the yeah. last time you've seen that statistic when he shot above 50%, above 40% from downtown? It's yeah, been a while. Yeah, it's been a long time since we've seen that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, look, I think look, this might be – look, they play, play a few more times too before the year is out. So, well, the calendar year, mm-hmm. I should say, is out. So, we're going to be some entertaining games. Yo, who knows? Next time we'll play, we'll probably see Harden out there. So, uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, Warriors uh, edge out the Kings. It was a very entertaining game. I got a chance to finish wish- listening to this game on my phone. And uh, Clay Thompson's go ahead uh, jumper with uh, I think about like a, it was about a second left still, but uh, they were able to beat the Kings uh, 121 101. Uh, a very yeah, very inter- entertaining game from as it usually has been the other, especially in you know within the last year between these two teams. Yes, yeah, so we talked about Sacramento on our last show with missing De'Aaron Fox because of that uh, bad ankle, but they bail back, they bail back hard, but. As we talked about with the Warriors, they had those veterans like Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, you mentioned, hit the game winner. They know what to do in pressure situations. They've been there before. They know how to execute. And it's just another example by a veteran team that knows what to do in those types of situations. So it's not a surprise that the Warriors came out with a win. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, Memphis, uh, Utah beat Memphis, I should say, 133-109. They are struggling without Steven Adams. We know about John Moran. Yeah, he will be back, Adams, but Steven Adams will Adams. not be back. Yeah, that's going to be a big struggle for those, especially in the inside. And, uh, you know, uh, Colin Sexton really had to, you know, took it to a tear there, took it to a whole mini uh, for uh, 33, for 25 points, I should, 23 points, I should say. So a nice balance scoring for Utah uh, in that game. Uh, Minnesota gave Denver their first loss this season, 110-89. Now, we've been saying that Minnesota could be the team that takes that next step. And, uh, look, they were able to kind of pull off the, some what would say, a mile, uh, mile uh Mild upset, I should say. Anthony Edwards had 24. Carl Anthony Towns had 21. So, uh, you know, with those two, you know, get going. I think, look, Minnesota's going to give some T-sophistance, especially that, that very tough Western Conference. 
Yes, this was a rematch of last spring's so first-round Western Conference playoff matchup. Of course, the now defending champion Nuggets eliminated Minnesota in five games. As I said before, I'll say it again, Carl Anthony Towns, who should be in the Bulls uniform, but that's another issue. But if Carl Anthony Towns stays healthy, this Minnesota team can improve from um, from last year being in the play-in tournament to not being in that play-in tournament. But Carl Anthony Towns must stay healthy. Yes, and that's going to be really going to be the key if Minnesota wants to take that next step. Uh, Houston beat Charlotte, uh, New Orleans. You know they're kind of quietly. You know New Orleans sort of like you know they edge out OKC one ten one oh six. And uh, Cleveland, I, I think Cleveland needed this needed this game. You know very you know it's just like, you know ninety five eighty five eighty nine I should say over the Knicks and uh, you know Donovan Mitch Mitchell had thirty points leading the way for. Uh, for them, and uh, but it was Julius Randle. I mean, he kind of looked sort of like I don't know what happened. They, you know, he was only he only had uh, six points, oh, and six from the three point range. So, uh, what's going on with uh, Julius Randle? Hopefully, it's just one of those nights. Uh, if you're Randle, uh, I know it's early in the season, you should c- come out come out of the gates running, but hopefully, it's just one of those nights. The Knicks are expected to do good things this year. I know they beat. Uh, the Cavs last year in the playoffs. This was a rematch from last year's first round playoff series. But on the flip side for Cleveland, Donovan Mitchell with 30 points, as you mentioned, we mentioned this a couple years ago before they traded for him, that the Cavs needed someone to go get them a basket in the um, later stages of the game. Donovan Mitchell is that guy. He proved it once again on Wednesday. Yeah, this is actually a revenge because the Knicks actually beat uh, the Cle- Cleveland the day before, 109 <laughs> where Randall had 19 leading the way. So it uh, might just been one of those games. So uh, we'll see what happens. Now, going back to, you know, that Tuesday game, uh, you know, San Antonio came back. For, I think they were like 18 down against Phoenix, and they were able to come back, you know, especially late in the third, you know, especially going into the fourth quarter. Kellen Johnson had 27 points in the go-ahead basket. I mean, look, I mean, they're they're you know two of the, two of the wins have been against Phoenix, so I, I don't know if you want to kind of say that this is going to be like the first <laughs> three three of the two of the three wins have been against Phoenix. Talk about uh, San Antonio, so I'm wondering, like, you know, do you want to say that this could be a big role here? But Phoenix has been struggling early on this season. You thought that you know maybe. I know Nick Nurse has been, you know, I mean, Frank Bullock has been playing around with, with lineups and such, but mm-hmm. Nurkic, you know, was only four for 10 from, you know, from the field. He only had 12 points. Uh, you know, no Bradley Beal. I know that that first game, you know, they didn't have a book. So, they, you know, he came back for that Wednesday game. But uh, Phoenix, mm-hmm. should we be worried about Phoenix, especially this early in the season? Yes, only because they don't have any healthy guys. As you mentioned, Bradley Beal. Uh, hasn't played yet this year. Devin Booker missed a couple of games, and so it's been Kevin Durant and everybody else. So you can I know it's a long six-month journey. It's a marathon, not a sprint, but you got to have guys healthy so you can get used to it. So, so they can get used to one another, to play within themselves, play within the scheme that you want to run. Right now, Phoenix, are, are they're not experiencing that. So, um, But you cannot fall too, too far down the barrel that you have to work extra hard just to climb yourself out of. They need to get healthy, get healthy quick. Yeah, that's that's not good, especially when there's so much expectations, you know, this season coming up for mm-hmm. the Spurs. So uh we literally, you know, basically you know, you know got rid of you know a lot of your you know your you know your depth for you know Bradley Beal. Now he hasn't been playing the last few games. So uh We'll see what happens with that. Now, go back to Wednesday for a second. Boston uh, beat Indiana uh 155-104. No folks, that's not a typo. Uh <laughs> Tatum, had, Tatum had 30 points. Uh, they were, I think they were what, about like almost like 58% from three. 
and that kind of you know sort of you know took the time there and uh look India just wouldn't have an answer for him. Yeah, so much for losing to the Bulls two nights before. <laughs> just edging up about the Bulls, so that yeah, was a a pretty interesting uh, score there. But uh, yeah, that really does happen sometimes in the NBA. Now going into Monday. Um, you know, look, the Lakers, you know, they're getting a little bit of a road going. You know, they started off by being the Magic. Uh, Denver beat Utah. OKC beat uh, Detroit. Golden State, uh, no trouble with the Pelicans. Uh, Milwaukee, you know, they beat Miami. Now, Miami, that's another team that I'm kind of starting to wonder about, like, early on. And I, I know that, you know, they're one and four. And I, and I know, you know, Jimmy Butler was not very happy. When Damon ended up going to Milwaukee and not Phoenix, I mean, not Miami, I should say, and uh, they they've been struggling, and you know, you wonder, like, hopefully, you hope that they, that he can figure it out. As I said before, the season started. Let's hope that's not the issue. But if it is, how quickly can this roster get over the fact that they couldn't get Damian Lillard, and he's not coming to save you anytime soon? So. Uh, the the hope the hope and the wish is gone. You got to uh, get out there and play basketball. <clears throat> Excuse me. And let's not forget to uh, lose the Max Truss and Gabe mm-hmm. Vincent will be huge uh, losses for this team. Uh, and as this new year starts, so they got to overcompensate uh, uh, overcompensate those two losses as well. Anything else that caught your eye in the NBA this week? I want to ask you a quick question before we move on to college basketball. Are you listen to some LA sports radio for the last 48 hours? There are some hosts or pundits that are concerned that LeBron James is playing too many minutes this year. They had to pull it out against Orlando the other night. Of course, LeBron James played 42 minutes in there overtime when on the, uh, on Wednesday against the Clippers. Are you starting to worry about his minutes? I think, or is it too know. soon? I think it's too soon. I think, look, he'll probably, okay. we know that he'll probably do a little management thing like in January after the holidays, like he usually does. So I think he knows. Going to vacation. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, I know, I think he would know how his body you know, reacts. I know he, he knows. And look, you, you, he said in the interviews, he knows that he can't play as many minutes as he used to. He can't, you know, do it for too many, you know, sort of for too long, you know, take an in between game. So yeah, I'm not worried about LeBron just yet. Like I said, LeBron knows what he's doing. You know, I'm not going to, you know, sit here. They'll, they'll play again until tomorrow, Saturday. So uh, I'm not look. I will see what happens. I know that that's going to be the thing. You know, Darvin Ham's got to, have to he and Darvin Ham have to figure that out. But uh, I'm not too worried right now. I, I mean, look, like I said, he would know his body more than anyone else, any of us. So I think yeah. look, let's let's let him decide what he wants to do. And I'm sure he'll take his games off when he can. All right, the schedule for tonight for the NBA always follows as the in season tournament. Uh, the inaugural. Uh, in season tournament for the National Basketball Association premieres. Uh, of course, the Bulls will host the Brooklyn Nets at the United Center tonight at 7 o'clock. You can watch that game locally here on NBC Sports Chicago. Those of you in the tri state area on the Yes Network featuring uh, Chicago's very own Sarah Kustak and everybody else NBA League Pass. The rest of the schedule looks like this for tonight for the in season tournament uh, schedule. Cleveland's at Indiana. Uh, the first game of that doubleheader on ESPN will feature the New York Knicks and the Milwaukee Bucks at 6.30. Washington will face Miami. Golden State will visit OKC, the Oklahoma City Thunder. The nightcap of that ESPN Friday night doubleheader will feature Dallas at Denver. That should be a great one. And, of course, you have the Memphis Grizzlies and the Portland Trailblazers. That's your inaugural schedule for the in-season tournament from the NBA starting tonight. Yeah, uh, for those of you, you know, basically after these games are played, the top eight will go to Vegas and will they'll play a tournament starting December 3rd. 
And you know, then the other champion will be crowned on Friday the fifth. No, wait, not not the Friday, but you know that Friday, you know, of that week. So you know that that's gonna be interesting to see how this just goes. But <laughs> this is gonna gonna be a little hilarious. But uh, going to Saturday tomorrow, uh, Phoenix and uh, Philadelphia. That should be a fun one at high noon. Charlotte and Indiana. Uh, the Lakers being of LeBron. Uh, we'll see if he does play tomorrow against the Magic. Atlanta and the Pelicans. Boston and Brooklyn, Sacramento and Houston, Utah and Minnesota, and uh, you know the Bulls start their road trip as they face Denver, the defend the reigning uh, champs on NBA TV at eight o'clock. Hopefully, they won't be be too don't embarrass themselves too much. <laughs> yeah, because the Bulls will be in the second of a back to back. Of course, they, yeah. they we mentioned we, they play Brooklyn tonight here in Chicago for the end season uh, tournament. Uh, your Sunday schedule looks like this. Phoenix will continue their East Coast road trip. They'll visit Detroit. The Raptors will face the San Antonio Spurs and Victor Wembyama. The Golden State Warriors will visit the Cleveland Cavaliers. The Charlotte Hornets will pay a visit to Dallas to face the Mavericks. And the Grizzlies will play a back-to-back situation over the weekend, mm-hmm. and they'll play the Portland Trail Blazers in the Rose City once again. Yeah, that should be a fun one. And that is our schedule for this weekend in NBA. Ashley Second City Sports on Sports Social Chicago. Lakina McGee, Sydney Brown uh, with you uh, as we're wrapping up the uh, first uh, hour here. Now, Sid, uh, the four, uh, the first uh, playoff, uh, college ball playoff standings were uh, unveiled on Tuesday. So uh, do you know who is the top four? Who are the top four, I should say? I'm not on, I'm not on Google, so uh, I'm going to take a great guess. Michigan? Nope, you're in the you're in the right conference, but a uh, wrong team. It's actually oh, Ohio okay. State. All right. Yeah, it's actually Ohio State. Ohio State is the team. And I look, I look, I said on Twitter, I'm gonna say it here. I'm not too, you know, mad about that. I mean, look, the Ohio State, they played a good schedule. They beat Notre Dame, uh, just as on Notre Dame, mm-hmm. they beat um Penn State. So yeah, they had the schedule right now. So I'm not like too like, oh, you know, I said, look, a lot of this is gonna change as it goes mm-hmm. on. So in the next month, so uh, you know, not too, you know, don't be too, you know, upset of all anybody for all you Michigan fans and other, you know, and you know Georgia fans. You know Georgia's number two. Here that's your number two team, and number three is the aforementioned Michigan, <laughs> and number four is Florida State, uh, Washington, Oregon, Texas, Alabama, Oklahoma, and Ole Miss is your top ten. So. Uh, not big surprise. So, uh, what do you think? Are, are you surprised by the top ten so far? Not really, but I think it's going to come down to that fourth and final spot. And you mentioned Florida State is holding down right now, but you, you mentioned with Oklahoma, I think they may be out. I think Texas still has a shot, and, and there's a couple of teams you mentioned from the Pac-12. Uh, Washington, they may sneak in. I think Oregon is going to give it a run as well. So you got about four or five teams for that last spot. I don't think. I don't think Florida State is going to finish there, but it's going to be a fight to the finish. I'll tell you that right now. It's going to get very interesting because, especially as we said, like I said, we're in the last few weeks of the season, so this is going to be really going to be the, the you know the accessory. We'll, we'll talk about that in a second. You know, right now, actually, um, as we go into this weekend's schedule, um, Duke beat Wake Forest. Of course, this is from uh, yesterday. Uh, TC, you know, Texas Tech uh, edge TCU. Um, Kent State beat uh, Acrobats. Kent State, I should say, uh, that was a good game there. Now going to this Saturday's games tomorrow, you got Ohio State and Rutgers uh, facing each other on CBS. The big noon Saturday game in the Big Twelve, you got tw- uh, number twenty-three K State, who are actually tied with Texas, Oklahoma, and Oklahoma State uh, for the tops in the, the Big Twelve. 
uh, at 11 a.m. on the you know on Fox. Let's see if Texas defense can step up big. They're favored by three and a half points at home in the horse in the Longhorn State. Uh, Kansas State could be is great this year. Uh, we're six, you mentioned six and two overall, tied with Texas four and one in the uh, big for the Big Twelve lead. But for Texas, I'm looking for their defense to step up and offensively. Jonathan Brooks, I think, is going to have another uh, great game uh, running the ball for Texas. This is going to get very interesting to see uh, what happens uh, with that because I, I really think that Texas, you know, they need to kind of like you know try to look. They want to be right there. Look, they're still right there in the, in the thick of it. So. Uh, We'll see uh, what happens with it. Now, do you think Rutgers has a shot against Ohio State tomorrow? They're six and two as well. Call me crazy, but no. All right. Uh, and on that note, uh, Texas A&M against <laughs> Ole Miss on ESPN. Uh, Notre Dame against Clemson uh, at uh, on ABC at eleven a.m. I think Dabble Sweeney is going to be cursing his own team out. Uh, uh, besides cursing out callers on his radio show early this week, I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we just see how with the Clemson. I know they've had a lot of injuries, you know, especially on that D line for Clemson. So that's really been an issue for them. So we'll see if they can keep it close at the very least against um, Notre Dame. Uh, Tennessee going out of conference as they host uh, Jim Morris, uh, UConn Huskies. Uh, Nebraska Cornhuskers, you know, they're kind of hanging it up a little bit, and especially in the Big Ten West. They face Michigan State, Wisconsin, and Indiana, Arkansas, and Florida. Uh, Wisconsin and will be on the beach on the Big Ten Network. Nebraska and Michigan State will be on FS1, and Arkansas and Florida will be on ESPN2. Uh, North Carolina will get out of conference, a little bit of a breather there. They face, uh, they host Campbell, uh, that'll be on the ACC Network. Arizona State will face Utah. They'll try to bounce back from that loss to Oregon, just getting thrashed uh, by Oregon. Uh, the CW Network game, Georgia Tech going off a coming off a little bit of a uh, like a hot streak lately. They face Virginia at one o'clock on WGN here in Chicago. The CW Network, you know, local listings there. Air Force will try to stand their feet against Army. Our buddy Randy Cross will have the call of that game on CBS Sports Network at mm-hmm. one thirty. Uh, going into this afternoon games. Oh. The fighting Mike Berman is from NBC Sports Chicago, our buddy here, as we call him here. The Mizzou will face Georgia on CBS at 2.30. Do you think Mizzou has a chance in the upset? They were off last week. I would say yes, uh, dating back to last year where they almost pulled out the upset, but they were at home on top of Missouri. But this time they're on the road at Georgia. I don't think they have a shot. I, they're a good team, but I don't think, even though this is not Georgia's best squad on paper, I, I don't see it. I hope they keep it close. I'm talking about Missouri, but I think Georgia will be uh, uh, have a little bit more just to handle the Tigers. Could be very interesting. We'll see how the Tigers look, you know, especially coming off a bye. Florida State and Pittsburgh on ESPN. This will be the last Bedlam series for a while anyway. You got Oklahoma and Oklahoma State at 2-3 on ABC. Like I said, Oklahoma State's been very quietly, you know, they're quietly 6-2, and two, they're 4-1. You know, I think if you're Mike Gundy, you're kind of like, oh, you're not, you don't mind me, kind of like, uh, the uh, you sort of like the quiet uh, underdog here. You got Dylan Gabriel, of course, uh, mm-hmm. you know, for Oklahoma. You kind of think he probably could be like the second tier guy in the Heisman race. Alan, if all of you have not seen Oklahoma State play, Alan Boma, who's probably you know not a bad quarterback, but it's really been Ollie Gordon the second, the sophomore running back. Mm-hmm. He's been you know killing it in the rush. I mean, he's one of the top rushing guys. He's like I think he's in the top five in F- FBS and rushing. So. Uh, this should be very interesting. You know, hopefully, you know, the last one for the for a while. So we'll see if uh, they can kind of, you know, get things going to make it interesting down there in if, the water. And if you're Oklahoma State, you could possibly knock out Oklahoma in that in that college football playoff with the upset win. I think they have a shot. They're at home. 
Yes, yes, should be interesting. Penn State and Maryland, uh, they they almost lost a close one against Indiana. Uh, that'll be on Fox at 2.30. Vodtech and Louisville on AC Network. Tulane, East Carolina on ESPNU. We got Illinois and Minnesota on BTN at 2.30. Yeah, let's go all line <laughs> That's all. That's all you got. That's all you have. Yeah, uh, that's Iowa, all I got. <laughs> yeah, streaming on Peacock at the same time. You got Northwestern hosting Iowa. All right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I know Northwestern been, been playing playing pretty good. They're four and four, but okay. I know. I know. I know. All right. Uh, I the shit handle them. They favored by five and a half in Evanston. Yeah, that should be a. I think mm, we'll see. Uh, California and Oregon. Oregon, you know, on the Pac-12 network at four thirty. Uh, Kansas and Iowa State, you know, Kansas coming off that big win against Oklahoma and Iowa State, they're tied in that, you know, that same, you know, tie for in the Big 12 lead. So they're kind of been quietly heating up. That is at 6 o'clock on ESPN. Okay, at 6.30 on NBC, we'll have Purdue at 2 and 6 traveling to the big house to face the Michigan Wolverines. Michigan checks in at 8 and 0, 5 and 0 in the Big 10. Michigan should not have a problem. Uh, with Purdue, as JJ McCarthy and crew look to improve to nine and zero, Jim Harbaugh's name is in the news. We won't get into that. I think it's a bunch of nonsense, me personally. But Michigan should be focused to to beat Purdue. Also, at the same time, at six thirty on ABC, number five Washington will travel to LA to face number twenty USC. Lakina, I think that ship and ship is sinking fast for the USC Trojans. They out of the national championship picture. Washington, they're eight and zero, five and zero in the Pac twelve. I think Michael Penix Jr. Will come in there and handle USC. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's been under the weather the last couple weeks. He actually is playing better for all reports. He actually is looking better. He's feeling better. So he might not have any trouble against, uh, he's due for it, especially after struggling the last couple of weeks. So uh, yeah, he might, uh, this will be a high scoring affair, but I think, you know, watch it. We'll be able to US, attend the USC pretty handily. I'm just saying. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yep. S yeah, Kentucky and Mississippi City on the SEC network, uh, SMU and Rice on ESPNU. You got LSU against Alabama on the prime time on CBS. Do you think LSU has a shot? I think they do, but they must play disciplined football. I know Alabama, as I said earlier about Georgia, they're not the best team on paper, but Jalen Moreau has uh gone uh has, he's been a solid quarterback for for Nick Saban's crew in Alabama over the last few weeks, not turning the ball over, making the plays when he has to. But it's all about the Alabama defense. We'll see what they'll do against LSU. Brian Kelly is going to have to have a strong game plan against the Alabama defense. I agree. It'll be just Alabama is favored by three. Yeah, I probably yeah, that sounds about right. So yeah, that'll be interesting there. Uh, Miami is he stayed on the AC network. Wazoo, you know they've lost the last couple of games. They'll try to bounce back against Stanford on the Pac-12 network. They host that. Down there in Pullman, uh, Oregon State and Colorado at nine o'clock. That's a capper on ESPN. Let's go prime time! Yay! <laughs> All right, Oregon State has a really solid uh defense, so uh, Shadora says might have a hard time. We'll see. Uh, Boise State and uh, Fresno State and uh, UCLA and Arizona. Uh, should UCLA be on upset alert? I'm going to say no. All right, and that's not the schedule, but I'll say no. Right, yeah, and that is your schedule for this uh, weekend and college football as we're going into, you know, going to the home stretch the last few weeks of the season. So this should, should be a lot of fun. All right, stay tuned for more sports and more fun as Second City Sports continues with Ross Jackson from Locked On Saints podcast and our girl Christine the Queen Manica. You're listening to Sports Zone Chicago.
that you're in my lane? No, not at all. Are you not paying attention? Are you texting? I was just checking in with my mom. I was telling her that I thought we'd be home by six. It's okay. There's enough time. Just pay attention. I'm not even halfway through my text. There's no way. I'm not even going to look up. My babies are in the car. You have to pay attention. It's just supposed to be a quick text. I'm so sorry. Hi, I'm Tom Brady, the director of DoDEA. September is National Suicide Prevention and Awareness Month. The simple act of reaching out and caring for those in our communities is something we all can do. Just being there for someone you care about can be a tremendous first step in getting them access to confidential resources and support that they need. It only takes one person and one small act and one minute to make a difference. Let's make a difference. surprised are you that you're here right now? How do you feel about this landing spot? Uh, I'm grateful, blessed, blessed, happy to be here. Uh, I'm just happy to be here, ready to get to work. Obviously, you're planning on the uh, last year of your deal. Uh, have you spoken with the Bears at all about a potential contract extension yet? Uh, I'm sure my agents are talking about, my agents and them are talking about something, but uh, I haven't, I'm not really in, in it right now. I'm just ready to get to work. Yeah, I mean, it's thought about, uh, obviously, a, a player always wants to have security uh, playing the, the, the sport that we play in. But, I mean, I'm sure everything will work, work itself out. Yeah, I'm just taking it one day at a time. Everything is happening kind of fast right now. Just waiting for it to slow down and uh, we hit the ground running when we get there. And that is new bear Montez Sweat, Edgeless Second City Sports. I'm Sports Channel with Keenan McGee, Sydney Brown with you. Welcome to hour number two. Um, as we're waiting for our buddy Ross Jackson, who will join us in a few minutes. But when this trade went down, Sid, um, 
I, I kind of felt like, okay, look, when, when the Bears played the Commanders on Thursday night a few weeks ago, we mentioned him a little bit, but of course, you know, mm-hmm. Chase Young was kind of like the big name in that, in that, in, you know, in, in that, uh, in that front four for uh, the command, well, then the Commanders. And, you know, Sweat, you know, remember, apparently there was also Atlanta was also interested in getting him. Remember, he's from Atlanta, just outside yeah. Atlanta. So, you know, the fact that I didn't mind them getting Sweat, it's just that to me, you could have gotten him, you know, in free agency, or you got still got a lot of cap money, mm-hmm. you know, especially for a high, uh, especially such a high second round pick, you know, in like t- in the top five in the second round. He's only twenty seven. He hasn't had any injuries. He's you can probably say he's kind of like a mid tier guy in the NFL among you know tackles, but uh, you know, or defensive, I should say. But I don't know. So, what, what do you think about the trade itself? I didn't mind the Bears making this move. Uh, you, of course, you'll like to sign him at some point right now or during the off uh, during the off season. That's why you made this move. It's not so much about this year, but it's about next year and a couple years ahead going forward with this Bears team. As we said before the season started, many of you guys, not saying us, but many of you guys listening and watching out there had them sneaking into the playoffs. Uh, I had them at seven and eight wins and as you will know it doesn't have to take a genius to know that that does not get into the playoffs with the 17-game schedule. But with that being said, this is a move made for next year. If you GM Ryan Poles, obviously you still have more work to do. You got to have to, to put better talent around uh, Mr. Montez Sweat because if you expect him to do this by himself, it's not going to work. Yeah, and I and I kind of think if you heard the press, I know he was I know he was overwhelmed. I know you look, you're going from you know one city to another, and you know, you're you're kind of like you know you're, you're sort of you know discombobulated. You know where you're going, mm-hmm. but I didn't like his answer when he said, "Oh, you know, I'll let the I'll let the agents figure that out." To me, that sounds like you know what I don't know if I'm this might be a rental. I know some people say, "Well, they can franchise him." Well, look, you know, his people can say, you know what, f your franchise tag, you know, and not not play. <laughs> so you know, for me, I, I kind of feel like okay. I'll be I'll, I'll feel a little bit better if when he signs a deal, the sooner the better. But if not, I'm kind of like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, you trade your second rounder. Now I know people want to compare this to when uh, Chase Young went to the 49ers, but remember, there were a lot of you know physicals. We know he's coming back from uh, from surgeries and stuff. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's why yeah that's why the 49ers were able to get him you know, at for a six rounder. <laughs> that was just kind of like how it is, but. I think for me, it's just kind of feel like, yeah, you know what? Mm-mm, I don't know. But again, I, look, I'm sure he'll be, I'm sure he'll be very, very productive for the Bears. But it just doesn't seem like, again, this might be one of those deals where you're kind of like, okay, yeah, you're, you're left kind of scratching your head, I think. But I don't know. Let's hope that it works out if you're a Bears fan. I think he's excited to uh, to be here. Like you said, Lakina, everything has been overwhelming for him for the past 24 to 48 hours. I, I actually uh, kind of like this answer. Let my ages handle that. Your job as a player is to worry about to go play football. As uh, the great uh, former GM, Izzy Newsom, who should be in the Hall of Fame, Pro Football Hall of Fame, by the way, he said that try winning a game in the National Football League with no distractions. But if you have one or more distractions, that's going to be tough for you. Like like Montez said, let his angels handle that. Of course you want to be here, but let my angels worry about the numbers and all that. I got a job to do, and that's go go play football. Mm. Well, and let the maybe, rest of the stuff work out. Yeah, like, mm, mm, all right. Like I said, I'll, I'll believe it when he actually signs a contract, but get an extension. So, uh, 
excuse me, we'll see what happens with there as we're still looking for your know, buddy Ross. But yeah, let's talk about this game for like this this Saints uh, game. Well, you know what? Let, let's re let's recap uh, the you know, Steelers and the Titans from Thursday Night Football. 20, 2016 was the final there. Uh, Pittsburgh uh, beat um, the Titans, and um, you know Pittsburgh's been doing pretty good without running the ball. You know, with running the ball, I mean, um, you mm -hmm. know. Jalen Warren had uh, 88 rushing yards. Uh, Kenny Pickett, you know, threw for a TD, and it was really their defense that kind of, um, sort of, you know, kind of like kept uh, Will Levis at bay. You know, he was sacked four times, got an interception that helped uh, clinch the uh, clinch the game mm -hmm. there. And uh, and look, you know, don't look now, but I think the Steelers are kind of five and three. They're kind of right in the thick of it in the AFC North. Yes, they learned their lesson sort of from from last Sunday's loss against uh, against Jacksonville, uh, despite the Kenny Pickett injury. Uh, there's the Steelers defense is still good. Don't forget about TJ Watt and don't forget about Minka Fitzpatrick. I know he's been injured, but you know, they still ha have a young, hungry defense. And, but George Pickens on the flip side uh, with the wide receivers and Deontay, Deontay Johnson, who had a great game last night, they still are playmakers. And once uh, Kenny Piggy gets fully healthy, he gets right. Uh, there are going to be dangers. Uh, don't look concerned that I have for the Pittsburgh Steelers is running the football with consistency. They haven't had that so far this year. That's really going to be the thing, especially if they want to try to help. Like I said, not just mm -hmm. not just for the, uh, I mean, not not just for you know the division, but for also too for mm -hmm. like you know one of the wild card spots, especially. So yeah, yeah, that might be interesting to see what what happens there. Just like I see sports on sports, there's a guy like Keenan McGee, Cindy Brown with you as we wait. Uh, it'll be you know Ross Jackson will be joining us in about a four more minutes. So anything else kind of caught your eye this week or in the NFL or already the NFL trades that kind of you know, got your kind of got you know, you know piqued your interest. Yeah, Joshua Dobbs going from Arizona to Minnesota. I, I know rumor has it that Kyler Murray is available to play within it. He will be available to play in the next couple of weeks. For those of you that may have forgotten, he injured his, uh, torn his, he tore his ACL toward the end of last season. And so it's going to be close to a full year since he's uh, played football. So I want to see what Arizona does here. Will he be traded? Uh, during this offseason, if he looks healthy enough between now and the end of the season, we shall see. Now, on the flip side for the Minnesota, they get a good young player in Josh Dobbs, and they're 4-4 four and four right in the thick of, a, hopefully for them, a playoff run. Do you think he'll lead them to the playoffs? I think he'll do enough just to stay in the lead, but I, but that NFC wild card, wild card jam uh, uh, is going to be jam-packed. Yeah. I don't know if Minnesota's going to – uh, make it out of there. I know Justin Jefferson is supposed to be back within the next week or two, but that defense for Minnesota, even though it's played better than what people expected the last few weeks, I don't know if that's going to sustain itself. I think Josh Dobbs will do some things, but I don't know mm -hmm. it's going to be enough for Minnesota to qualify for the playoffs this year. Yeah, I kind of think that, look, you need someone that can kind of be serviceable and look, Jaron Hall, you know, look, we don't know. We'll, we'll see him this week. So, mm -hmm. you know, but having a serviceable backup like Dobbs, you know, with us, we saw what he did. Um, if in, uh, in Arizona, you know, kind of, you know, almost like got them a couple more wins and they're better than their record. But uh, we know that Arizona is mm -hmm. tanking. This might be a big shot, perhaps making it, making it make the playoffs interesting. There is going to be a little bit of a long jam, but I think look, it's the Minnesota schedule is stuff so where they can perhaps maybe make a good, you know, a push. I'm not going to say they're going to get it, but they may mm -hmm. be able to kind of get at least push for one of those last couple wild card spots. Yeah, and also too, just taking a look look at that in NFC North division. Of course, we know about the Bears; they're bringing up the rear. I know Detroit is leading leading the division right uh, right now. But uh, Green Bay, uh, like I said, we'll give our picks out in, in the next segment with our girl Christine, the Queen Manica. But you would think the Packers would 
have a chance to sort of get back into things. They got an easy opponent with the Rams this week. I know Matthew Stafford probably will not play. I know he got injured last week and I lost at Dallas, but Green Bay's been struggling um, all year, Lakeem, especially with scoring in the first half. Then now they can get it together in the second half and make things interesting, but uh, scoring in the first half has been a problem for them all. Yeah, it really has. And like I said, I think score will probably be different than today. So uh, it's going to, like I said, it's going to get interesting to see what, what they do. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to it as we got our, our buddy uh, is with us. You know, introduce him for him. Introduce, introduce him for us. You know, easy for me to say, please. <laughs> uh, he's a dear, good, dear friend of ours. He's the host of the Locked on Saints podcast, Mr. Ross Jackson. You can find Locked on Saints uh, podcast wherever you get your podcast. And you can watch uh, watch him right here on YouTube. Just type type in Locked on Saints on your search engine box right here on YouTube. Let's bring him in. Lakeem, we haven't had him on since the Bears I lost know. to the Saints in the playoffs a couple of years ago. It's nice to see his lovely face again. Yeah. Mr. Ross, Jackson, ladies hey. and gentlemen. Ross, hey. Hey. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Applause to you. Applause to you as well. I appreciate y'all so much for keeping me in mind. I know we weren't able to link up. So we haven't been able to link up since that playoff game, so it meant a lot that y'all came back here. Well, yeah, well, the last, the last time was just, yeah, look, you know, circumstances beyond your control. So we'll, we, we forgive mm-hmm. you for that, Ross. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, going into this game, I mean, the, the Saints have actually been you know, pretty solid. They're kind of starting to kind of get it going. Derek Carr seems to be with that, you know, with the injury, you know, kind of find his groove a little bit. Where do you see uh, the Saints, you know, in this game especially? Yeah, I think, you know, the, right now what it is basically is that they, they have to prove that what they found against the Indianapolis Colts wasn't a mirage like it was against the New England Patriots. You know, it's a little bit mm-hmm. weird to say that a team comes out with a, a 38 to 27 win that kind of goes back and forth and they had to manage mm-hmm. adversity and stuff like that. And then you feel better about them than you do than you did when they had the 34 to zero win against the New England Patriots. But really, that's kind of where the New Orleans Saints are right now. I think it's a good place to be. I mean, they, they managed adversity. They produced in the red zone. They converted on third downs. Those are the things that they all kind of uh, struggled to do early on throughout the season. So now this Bears game becomes whether or not it becomes their opportunity to prove whether or not that was more than just a one game situation and that they can string together a successful brand of football moving forward. Let's talk about your wide receivers. Of course, you have uh, Michael Thomas, who's trying to find his funding after uh, being injured the last couple of years. Of course, you have Chris Olave, but talk about Rashid Shahid. He's really having a breakout season for you guys. Yeah, he, he's he's remarkable. And and look, when you talk about Rashid Shahid, you got to talk about speed, not just because it rhymes, but because it's true and and, and all that. But I, I do think that there's a lot more to his game, too. Um, but his speed kind of sets everything up, right? Like his ability to be that vertical Tyree Kill style threat. Uh, and, and people are going to look at me sideways for using that name. But when you think about it, uh, he's got four mm-hmm. uh, 40 plus yard plays already this season, trailing only Tyreek Hill, who's got six. Uh, he's got 10 since he came into the league last year. Um, and that trails Tyreek Hill, who's got 14. And so, like, he really is in that class of some pretty incredible players, Jalen Waddles, uh, all, all the others in the world there. But I, I think that beyond just what he can do, 40, 50, 60 yards downfield, he's one of these guys that can use that vertical stem to be able to lure some unsuspecting defensive backs into a sense of comfort, take away the deep ball. And he can't do anything. That's not really true. He's one of those guys that get, you know, he's, he's developed as a route runner. He understands how to find space in zones. He does a really good job working and being available for his quarterback. Whenever the quarterback needs to extend plays. We saw that during his rookie season, it's continued this year. So he's been outstanding last week. He had three catches for 153 yards and a touchdown, a Randy Moss, like story, uh, Randy Moss, like stat line there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, you know, under normal circumstances, it, it's not out of the ordinary to see him, 
come down in a game where he's got, you know, five catches for some 60 or 70 yards because he's helping to move the chains. Let's go to let's say in that offense, talk about Alvin Kamara. He's starting to kind of find his groove a little bit. The last couple of games is coming back from got a little bit of trouble over the offseason after he served his suspension. You know, now he's starting to find his groove. Uh, you know, the Bears, you know, run defenses leaves a lot to be desired. So uh, I, I'm sure. Do you think he could have big numbers against them uh, on Sunday? Yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's interesting because, like, you look at the Bears, and they're, like, number one in the NFL when it comes to to yards per attempt allowed at only 3.3, but they also don't get run against very often, I think, because of the amount of success that they give up in the passing game. So a lot of teams will come in and go, okay, well, let's just let's just pass the ball. I think the, the Bears' defense is, like, the sixth fewest rushing attempts against it so far. Now they add Montez Sweat to that group as well, who for all of the accolades he's going to get as a pass rusher, bringing six and a half sacks, the entire defensive line, uh, kind of doubling the total of the entire defensive line for Chicago. The other thing that he brings you is another stout run defender and a really good run defender. So it's going to be a little bit back and forth, I think, in this one. I think the Saints are going to want to establish on the ground. I know the Bears are going to want to do the same thing. I wouldn't be surprised if this is a little bit more of an Alvin Kamara through the air game while it's a Jamal Williams on the ground game if i'm being honest i think that might be the way that the saints go because they feel like they might be able to win a little bit more successfully up the interior as opposed to around the perimeter and alvin Kamara is a little bit more of your perimeter guy so i wouldn't be surprised to see alvin utilized a lot more maybe in the passing game in this one and in guys like kendra miller but specifically jamal williams getting the wealth of carries right up the middle or at least in between the tackles I think that's a good game plan for the Saints because if you watched that game last Sunday night between the Bears and the Chargers, the Chargers screamed the heck out of the Bears throughout the whole game. So and the Saints, one of the best teams in the league, uh, when they uh, go to the uh, when they go to the screen game with their running backs. You're listening to Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago. We're previewing Bears and Saints on this hashtag Football Friday. Say, Lakina, hanging out here with you. We're hanging out with our buddy Ross Jackson. He's the host from Locked On Saints. Ross, let's uh, focus in on your defense right now. Of course, you have veterans, uh, Cameron Jordan. And you have Marshawn Lattimore leading that secondary. But Carl Granderson leads your team in sacks with five and a half. Talk about him and his surprise start to the season. Yeah, I, I mean, the, the contract extension that New Orleans gave him, I think they gave him, a, if I remember correctly, it's a four-year, $52 million deal. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and it's looking like the right choice. Uh, it's looking like it's working mm -hmm. out. That was right before the Green Bay game that they gave him that extension. I remember walking through a park in Milwaukee when the news broke and I had to do like a quick video from, from the park and everything like that. Mm -hmm. But uh, you know, it, it, it's paid off for him. And the thing that's really great about Carl Granderson, who is also an undrafted guy, much like Rashid Shaheed and, mm -hmm. and much like Rashid Shaheed, I think a lot of people are going to talk about Carl from the, the perspective of what he can do as a pass rusher. But I think the reason that the saints really like him is what he can do in the run game too. He was the team's best run defender last year, just barely graded out on top of Cam Jordan, who's been, you know, a stout run defender his entire career so far. And so I think that the, the compliment that you get with both of those guys, Cam Jordan and Carl Granderson, is that you get two guys that can win their one-on-ones. You get two guys that can be effective pass rushers. And you get two guys that can that can help you uh, in, in the run game. But the thing that you really highlight about Carl Granderson is that when he gets to the quarterback, he's not just sacking the quarterback. He's able to affect the ball. He forces fumbles. He has those impact fumbles. That's something that's been missing from the New Orleans Saints defense for – about as long as I can remember, honestly. They don't do that a lot. And so having a guy like Carl Granderson who can have that level of bar-jarring uh, uh, violence, if you will, that's something that becomes a big asset to this team that has a strong secondary that could take the ball away through the air but doesn't have a lot of opportunity to be able to force those fumbles. And if he can get to the quarterback and continue to do that, then I think that that's a piece where he ends up having a, a big-time impact. 
Yeah, get that get the extra contract money. Of course, you end up you know, you're super you end up being a Pro Bowler, so a potential Pro Bowler. So who knows? Uh, someone who's been a Pro Bowl a couple of times, Tyron Matthew, of course, the Honey Badger, the veteran safety. You know, came back home a couple of years ago, played at LSU, won a national championship. Has not been the most productive. You could probably say yes. He's 31. Has had some injuries. So, uh, do you think he could probably have to make a name for himself in this game? It's funny. He really is kind of most the most consistently productive player in the secondary. You look at last year, he was one of the only two guys with multiple interceptions. The issue was that the entire defense didn't force turnovers. This year, he's the guy with the pick six on the roster. Uh, the only player with multiple interceptions so far is Paulson Adebo. But what Tyron Matthew does bring, if it's not something that's being registered as like productivity or, or on a stat sheet, is that he brings the ability to help get that defense set. I think that that's where he ends up having a big impact. Him and Demario Davis are guys that end up helping these players get to where they need to be over on the defensive side of the football, both before the snap and even sometimes as the ball is being snapped. If you watch back to the um, one of the uh, big plays that Paulson Adebo made in the flats last week, Demario Davis is actually signaling to him as the ball is being snapped. That's the kind of stuff that you see from Tyron Matthew as well. So I think that you can look at kind of the stats upon where he's there, which he, he does well. I mean, he was uh, you know at the, the top of his career in terms of tackles last year. Uh, he's, he's performing well in that category this year, uh, cleaned up some of the missed tackle issues, stuff like that. But really, I think the other thing that nobody really knows, because we're not on the football field with him, right, is his communication and his ability to get the defense set. I think that's a big thing that ends up uh, having a, a massive impact for New Orleans to make sure that that defense is executing well and in the right places where they need to be. Let's go back to the office and talk about your starting quarterback, Derek Carr. After a slow start to the season, it looks like he's picked it up. You mentioned uh, the performance uh, against Indianapolis uh, mm -hmm. last week with that big outburst of, of points uh, with that win on the road. How confident are you that uh, Mr. Carr can lead the Saints team to the playoffs? You think yeah. he can keep this up? Yeah, I've always been pretty confident in Derek Carr to lead this team, but it, it, the playoff conversation and the playoff question comes down to the entire team, not just him. Uh, but I don't think that he is the player or he as the quarterback ends up presenting an obstacle for getting to the playoffs, if that makes sense. I think okay. that he helped to kind of elevate their opportunity to get to the playoffs. But like they're in a, a, a horrific division. Uh, they've got a really super easy schedule moving forward. Um, and, and, and because a lot of that is playing games within their division and all that. So I think they have a chance to get to the playoffs just kind of as a team and because of the environment that's set forth for them. But I will say that I think that Derek Carr maximizes their ability to get there when he's playing well. And it's very clear when he is. It's very clear when he isn't. It's very clear when there's miscommunication. It's very clear when all that stuff is there. And so I think that when you see the execution that you saw against Indianapolis, there's still some stuff to be desired there. Hopefully, they're able to continue to take a step forward here against Chicago this weekend. Uh, but this gives them an opportunity to be able to prove that. So I, I would say that, you know, there were a handful, maybe, you know, of elite quarterbacks in the NFL, uh, barring those guys. I think the Saints have their best chance right now with Derek Carr to get to the playoffs with what's set out in front of them. Yeah, it's still kind of still my question because I, you know, because that, that <laughs> NFC South isn't really – not much to write home about. Yeah. Tampa, Tampa's had their struggles lately. You know, Atlanta's up and down. You know, the Saints are kind of in the same situation. So uh outside Carolina, I mean, we'll leave them out of it. But you know, who do you think has the edge, you know, as we get closer over like halfway through the season? Well, as of right now, the New Orleans Saints are the only ones that didn't have some type of at least conversation around quarter who's gonna be the quarterback going into the season or has had or hasn't had any of that conversation 
so far during the season. And I think that that gives them a little bit of a leg up. We're watching Atlanta change their quarterback. We're watching, you know, we watched Tampa Bay kind of do the will they, won't they with Baker Mayfield the entire season. And then, you know, Carolina isn't really a part of that conversation, but they have the rookie quarterback, all those other things. And so for me, New Orleans is the only one that comes in with consistent quarterback play so far. And, and, and I will say that for the majority of the season so far, Baker Mayfield has been the best quarterback in this division. And that hasn't been enough for them to win games. Meanwhile, when Derek Carr has been the best quarterback uh, for this team, they're winning those games. And so I think that that's kind of the delineating factor for me is that you have a little bit of continuity, even though Derek Carr is a first year starter with the New Orleans Saints. He's been with Der uh, Dennis Allen before. Dennis Allen drafted him. They have a lot of trust. They have a lot of good communication between the two of them. And I think that, that kind of gives them the edge. But I don't know that it's for sure is the thing. Like there, there's enough about this division to say that none of the four teams necessarily wanted to win it from what it looked like early on in the season <laughs> from what it looked like last year. Right. Everybody was just kind of like, no, I think we're good. We just want to go home. All those stuff. But I think that when you, when you're there and you're kind of like looking at what this team has, I, I think the New Orleans Saints have the edge because they have the players that don't want to go home. They have the players that want to be there in the playoffs and they have the players that have the talent to be able to get them there. They've just underperformed as a unit, right? Whether it be personnel wise, coaching wise, play calling wise, whatever they've underperformed the talent and potential that they have. We saw that maybe start to curb a little bit against the Indianapolis Colts. Can they continue to prove that that's the case moving forward? We hadn't done a home search with our guy Ross Jackson, host of the Locked on Saints podcast. He's hanging out with us here on the hashtag Football Friday version of Second City Sports or in Sports Zone Chicago. Sidley Kenna here with you. Ross, uh, there was a lot of transactions earlier in the week of this past Tuesday on Halloween for trade deadline day. What moves surprised you and what uh, team or teams you thought they were going to make a move that didn't make a move in your opinion? I don't know about a team that I thought might make a move that didn't, I think maybe, you know, looking at Baltimore and maybe looking at their running back situation and stuff like that, that maybe that's a spot where that would have made sense. Miami maybe could have gotten in that conversation as well. But I mean, you know, what, what running backs were available, what running backs would have moved. We don't know. Right. There was some mm -hmm. like chatter about Ezekiel Elliott out of, out of uh -huh. new England, uh, you know, that Jonathan Taylor situation's pretty much settled at this point. There were a couple other names mm -hmm. that had popped up, but for the most part, that was really those were really the only ones that I kind of was going in and looking at Chicago. I figured would land either Montez Sweat or Chase Young. I was hoping for them that they would land Montez Sweat, get the more consistently productive player. I was glad to see that that happened. I was surprised that Chase Young ended up with San Francisco as if San Francisco just needed more. Um, I thought, <laughs> you know, I, so for me, like that was the big one that I was kind of looking at was, you know, oh, okay, that was a bit of a surprise for me, but that's an interesting one. I love that they only gave up a third to get Chase because if Chase has a good season with them, he goes and he signs somewhere else. Eventually San Francisco gets a third round compensatory pick back probably uh, for him because of the position that he plays, all those things. So, and, and it puts him in a scheme that makes a lot of sense for him, that kind of wide nine pass rusher, puts him opposite his collegiate teammate, Nick Bosa. Mm -hmm. um, the, I guess the other move that I was curious to see was going to happen was whether or not Philly was going to make a move. Uh, they made that move for Kevin Byard for a safety, but I was curious if they were going to go for another corner, uh, and they didn't do that even though maybe some of those conversations happen and, you know, Rasul Douglas got moved and all these other things over mm -hmm. to Buffalo. But that I think probably the most surprising one was the destination for Chase Young, not necessarily that Chase Young got moved. I kind of anticipated that both of those guys were going to be up out of there. The one that made the most sense for me was Montez. And then maybe the most surprising thing that didn't happen was, you know, either of those running backs to Miami or Baltimore or uh, Philly adding on to their, uh, to their corner spot. Do you expect the Saints to make any moves? 
No, no, no. It, it didn't make any sense for them to do it. A lot of times when you see these trade deadline moves, it's a lot of either you know small moves for day three picks, which the Saints didn't really have a need for a small move at all, or sizable moves tend to go for round three, round four, like day two selections. And the Saints only day two selection is the Denver Broncos second round pick, which is shipping up to be a really, really good second round pick. And so there would be no reason for them to rush to move off of that. So for instance, it was that that Broncos pick isn't projected to be as good as the Bears pick for Amante Sweat. It would have been too high to compete with you had to be willing to throw it out there to compete for Chase Young with San Francisco moving their third round pick, which is projected for like the 80s and all that. While I believe that Montez Sweat deserves to be moved for a, a higher pick, the Saints wouldn't have had that to uh, than Chase Young. They didn't have that to compete with Chicago. And so none of that happened. There were some rumors, mostly just like Twitter aggregators getting their engagement and stuff like that around Jameis Winston. None of that was, was, was going to happen. And so it didn't seem like New Orleans was – uh, going to be making any moves. The only one that they really talked about was with the Raiders, a potential move for Hunter Renfro, but because of how restrictive Hunter Renfro's contract is, I don't blame them for not making that move when he's probably going to be a free agent this coming off season. And you can use Derek Carter recruiting to come and sign here. Uh, last question from me, Ross, uh, of course, the NFC, uh, it, the picture is now changing with San Francisco on their current losing streak. Of course, Seattle Seahawks is leading that NFC West division. Of course, here in the NFC North, Detroit's running away with it like most people thought they would. And, of course, in the NFC East, you have Dallas and Philadelphia. Philadelphia leading that division there. Where do you see the NFC, who, who's going to be the NFC uh, winner uh, at the end of the regular season before the playoffs? Yeah, it should be the New Orleans Saints. And, and if not, there's going to be some major conversations here over the course of the offseason. Because effectively, in order for the New Orleans Saints to not be that team, it means that they're losing games down the stretch that they have no business losing. They're a talented mm -hmm. roster. They're a talented team. They've proven that by simplifying their playbook, not necessarily by simplifying the scheme, but just by limiting the number of potential play calls for any given situation, that they can be a, a lot more of a productive and efficient team. Makes sense. Instead of having 50 plays mm -hmm. to call that you could potentially pick from, having 25, you're more likely to pick a banger in that situation, right? You go with what you know best. And so, yeah. um, you know, they've mm -hmm. got everything that they need to be that team. And so the New Orleans State should be that team. If they're not, then I imagine it would probably be you know, it, it's obviously going to be either Atlanta or Tampa, but I don't know which one of them it's going to be. And so um, it, it should be New Orleans. And 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 if not, there's going to be a lot of entertaining conversations going on over the course of this offseason. It might make things interesting in the NFC South, no doubt about it. Ross, again, thank you so much for joining us as always. Where people can find you all, your podcast and all the other great stuff. Yeah, absolutely. No, not, not, not a problem at all. I appreciate y'all having me on and I thank you very much uh, for, for inviting me back. Um, you can find the Locked on Saints podcast free and available wherever you get podcasts or, or on YouTube as well. Just search Locked on Saints. You can find all the written work over at Saints News Network. That's Sports Illustrated's fan nation site covering the New Orleans Saints. You can find that at saints.media. You can find it all in one place on your favorite social media as well uh, at Ross Jackson NOLA and NOLA. All right, Ross, we, we appreciate it as always. You continue to keep up the great work. And when the Saints make the plows, we'd love to have you back on this program. And we will save you the aggravation. I know you're going to pick the Saints to uh, kick the Bears behind. So we, we, <laughs> I wouldn't say kick their behind. I wouldn't say kick their behind. I'm taking them to win, but I think it's going to be a little bit closer than people expect. Okay, it should All be right. it should be fun from down there in the NOLA, as the kids would say. Ross, <laughs> as always, we appreciate it. Uh, you keep up the great work. Enjoy the game. We'll talk again soon, okay? Thanks, y'all. Take care. Stay safe, and I'll see y'all soon. All right. All right. Take care.
All right, that was Ross Jackson from the Locked On Saints. Of course, you can, you can catch the, the, this podcast, you know, wherever you get your podcast, on YouTube and what have you. So, mm-hmm. uh, so we got our other girl, Miss Christine Mack, waiting for character to be waiting in the wings. We're going to talk uh, some uh, Week 9 NFL pickums and uh, some interver- a very special anniversary for all you Cubs fans. Uh, we'll talk more about that. And, of course, your World Series champion has been crowned as well. A lot to do still. Second season sports on Sports of Chicago. Our picks and more are coming up right after this. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks, they can be a real lifesaver. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. Trisha's having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only 10, but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things. None of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy, I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. (laughs) Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say, no thanks, not my thing. Mom. I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration.
All right, welcome back to Second City Sports House, Sports Hill Chicago. You follow me, Keita McGee, on the Twitter, X at Kidscore, the IG. You can follow your Shirley Sydney Brown on the Twitter, X and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80, that's SIDKID80. That's SIDKID80. We have less than a half hour left of this extravaganza we call the Sports Talk Radio Show. You have any questions or comments for us as we head into our week nine NFL picks? You can hit up Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in those questions or comments in the comment section, and Keenan will get them up on the screen for you. All right, Sid, our, we've waited you know, long enough. She's been waiting long enough for uh, our girl, you know, our friend, your friend. Uh, she's awesome. The one she's the coming up with full speed ahead. <laughs> yeah, she's coming right at you, Sid. So here's Miss Christine, the queen back from KXRB. What's up, Christine? Yay! How are you? Uh, doing good, doing good. You did pretty well with your picks. Uh, let me see if I can get the stats up here for you. Uh, you did, uh, look, I had, uh, yeah, you had 12, I had 10, and uh, Sid also had 10. You gained a game on Sid, so, uh, hey. you're, yeah, you're only two games back now. So, uh, look, Sid, she's coming at you. She's coming at you. Yeah, she's finally um, learning some lessons, but it's still a long way to go. Still a long way to go. It's a marathon, not a sprint. <laughs> Uh, uh, well, <laughs> well, look, I mean, that is true. We'll run halfway through the season. So, uh, well, let's get right to these picks. Of course, uh, the Broncos, the Lions, and uh, the Jaguars and the 49ers are all on by. So adjust your fantasy leagues accordingly. Uh, team sure, I need to for this week. <laughs> Definitely. Oh, yeah, I know. Me too. Uh, right? I can have the 49ers defense. Uh, first, we go Some over. Guy. Maybe it's a good right. thing because they stunk it up for me the last couple weeks. I know. They've been down. Yeah, they've, they've killed me. Uh, but let's go to Dusseldorf, Germany. Uh, I think I think they're playing where the Ryan Flyer. Remember the, the old Ryan Flyer from the NFL Europe guys? He used to play. Uh, interesting that they, they played this game there, but I, I'm sure there's a reason for it. This will be on NFL Network, folks, so don't worry. Uh, Dolphins and Chiefs, Sid, you start this one for us. Kansas City's favorite by the point and a half, which means it's at a pick em. Miami should, and I say should win this game, but it's something in me tells me to go with logic here. Patrick Mahomes didn't have a great game last week. Flu or no flu, he's going to get it together over there, and Travis Kelsey is going to have a monster game. He didn't have it last week, and I think Kansas City is going to have a, a much better uh, performance as far as running the football I'm going with Kansas City here in the close one. Miami is the better team on paper, but uh, Kansas City has that championship DNA in them, so I'm going I'm going with Kansas City. Remember, Miami on the road against better teams this year, 0-2. That is true. Christine? I'm going with the Dolphins on this one, and that's because they got to Germany before Kansas City did, and that's going to be – an advantage, I think, in the long run. I think they got there to Germany about a day and a half, maybe two days before Kansas City did. And in the end, I think that's really going to play to their advantage. And when it comes to flying in terms of proximity, technically Florida, Miami, it is closer to get to Germany than it is from Kansas City. So I'm looking at it in that perspective, too. And Tyreek Hill, he's he's ready to go after his team in a big way, especially mm-hmm. on the international stage like this one. So I'm going with the Dolphins here. 
I'm with you, Christine. I'm picking the Dolphins as well for that reason. I know Hill's been, you know, circling this game and in his in, in, in yep. uh, e-calendar for, uh, I'm sure, since the schedule came out. So, and this is, the Chiefs have had their struggles lately. Don't know if Taylor Swift's going to be at this game. Uh, we'll see, but... Uh, <laughs> I don't know. That seems to, I don't know if she'll be able to make it to Germany. I think she'll have other – he has other commitments. But, uh, yeah, they've had their struggles lately. We'll see if, you know, Pat Mahomes, whether or not it was the flu or could be struggling. We'll see. But uh, this should be a fun game, though, nonetheless. Uh, could be an AFC playoff uh, preview, but we'll see. Uh, Christine, you start this one here. The battle of four and fours. You got the Vikings and the Falcons. This overall this week is just really tough to pick considering where all the teams are right now in the NFL. This game for me was really tough. Kirk Cousins is lucky that he went down when he did because after seeing Hall play for a minute and a half, two minutes, I know those Vikings fans were sweating just watching him play. And it felt like probably a whole quarter for them. But um, now they got Josh Dobbs. I know he probably won't start this week or let alone play this week. And now for the Falcons, they have uh, Heineke starting for them. So they got a little mm -hmm. bit of a interesting situation um, in regards to the, their quarterback uh, position. And both teams, you don't know what you're going to get with them. Um, now that I think Hall has had a little bit more time, there's a little bit more of a veteran presence with the Vikings. And even before uh, Kirk Cousins had his surgery this week, he stayed at the practice facility. He was there up until the day he had his surgery, working with the team and working with Hall, presumably to get him up to speed in regards to the office and just how the, how the line works together and whatnot. So I think it's going to be a close one. I, I have a little bit more confidence in the Vikings, though. They they can still do Kirk Cousins things without Kirk Cousins being there, but I still have confidence <laughs> in them. <laughs> I'm going with the Falcons here only because they're the home team. They are favored by three and a half points. I think Taylor Heineke has, has had the experience before with the Washington football team, now the commanders. Uh, he's been there before. I think he's going to bring some stable, stabilization to that Falcons offense. They got to get the ball. For the Falcons, they got to get the ball rolling with some consistency with a rookie running back, B. John Robinson. He's been disappearing that over the last few weeks. I know he got his first career rushing touchdown last week in the loss at Tennessee, but outside of that, he's been a no-show for the last month. So they need to get the ball rolling with him. So I'm going with the Falcons. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of I'm gonna go with you, Christine. I'm gonna say Minnesota too, just because I think Hall with the weeks worth of practice, he's had Kirk Cousins kind of helping him, sort of like long distance. I think the Falcons. I don't know what Chocolate team I'm gonna get. Am I gonna get the Falcons team from a couple of weeks back, or that that beat the Texans? Or get the Falcons team from last week? I just don't know which team I'm gonna get. Mm -hmm. So uh, who knows? But uh, yeah, I'm picking the, uh, the Vikings here now. Uh, CBS uh, first game for CBS. Of course, Fox has a doubleheader this week, but. Um, the Seahawks and the Ravens an intriguing one here, Sid. Start this one for us, please. Well, the Ravens are six and two. The Seahawks, who are currently leaders in the NFC West, have a five and two record. I know the Seahawks uh, defeated the Browns last week. You know, Baltimore continues to roll. <sighs> Baltimore is here by six points. I think it's going to be closer to what people expect. I think Seattle is going to go 0 for 2 in their trips to the East Coast this year. Give me Baltimore. I'm picking in the Battle of the Birds, I'm picking the Ravens on for this one too. Yeah, I'm picking the Do we have a special effect for that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, probably. But yeah, I mean, we saw what happened the last time a couple weeks back when the Seahawks played, you know, in the East Coast. You know, it didn't work out very well for them. So uh, yeah, I'm picking the Ravens. The news sort of might, you know, kill them. So, uh, but it should be a fun game, though. I think it'll be close, though, I, I think. Uh, our buddies, Real Dudes, will have this game in Cleveland. They got the Cardinals and the Browns. Deshaun Watson looks like he's going to be back starting. Yeah. Um, I'll pick the Browns. I mean, I, I, th- I know Kyle Murray looks like he is going to start. Uh, it's going to be his first game in like almost a year. But I think the Browns, I'll, I'll go with logic here. I'll, I'll, I'll take the Browns. See, that, that's the thing. We said that Kyler Murray was going to start last week. Is this going to be the week? We we don't know what's really happening right now with him. So he could start this week, but then again, he could start at week 10 too. We just don't know. So because of that, I'm going to go with the sure choice with what you said, Lakina, and go with the Browns. Deshaun Watson is starting officially, yeah. Because of logic and because they're favored by 10 points at home, I'm going with Cleveland. And plus, they have the better defense. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, a good one here, I guess, in Green Bay. It will depend on how you look at it. You got the uh, the Rams and the Packers. Sid, you start this one. For those of you in the Chicagoland area, you'll get this game opposite of the Bears game on CBS. As Lakina said, as part of the Fox NFL Sunday doubleheader. The Rams are three and five. The Packers are two and five. Of course, the Packers got beat down by the Vikings last week at home. Well, Dallas beat that tail of the Rams last week and perhaps um, um, send down Matthew Stafford for a while. So I don't think Matthew Stafford's going to play. And I think just for that alone, I'm going with the Packers. I made the mistake of picking them last week. They couldn't score him within the red zone. Jordan Love is just not ready, even though he's done some things here and there. But uh, this probably will be closer to a gaming game that the Packers have had all season long outside of week one against Chicago, but that's a whole other issue. But I'm going with the Packers here. Uh, Packers, I'm going to keep it short and sweet. Wow, I'm I'm going to go with the Rams here. I, it's just not the same Packers team than, than what we're all used to to me. So I'm, I'm going to go with the Rams. Right, well, Packers are favored by three points in Lambeau. Right, so Yay. it is a yeah. Oh yeah, I'll say yeah. So it is a pick them. So uh, yeah, hmm. all right. Yeah, well, look, I wouldn't be surprised if the Rams somehow pull it off. I mean, I wouldn't. It, you know, we've seen weirder things happen this season. Um, interesting one here, I guess. About the three and fours, you got the Bucks and the Texans. Uh, I'll start this one. Um, I know that the uh, you know, both these teams are coming off losses. Uh, the Texans, you know, like the defense. We know CJ Stroud's kind of falling back to earth a little bit. The Bucks as well. This is really a toss-up game, but I guess I'll pick the Texans. Only mainly because they're at home. I guess no other logic. I guess. <laughs> I'm the same way. There's really no logic behind it with the Texans. I'm going with the Texans too. The the Bucks are were doing better than what anybody anticipated them doing this year. I'll give them that. But I, I think the Texans should get their stride back with this game. I'm going with Houston as well because of logic in that they're at home. They are three-point favorites at home. Hmm, okay, so that's interesting. Um, you got the Commanders and the Patriots, uh, three and five and two and six. Uh, the Commanders, their like main front four guys are gone, of course. You know, Sweat now with the Bears yep. and Young now with the uh, with the 49ers. The Patriots, they're up and down too. 
Again, no other logic. I'm picking the Patriots only because they're at home. I don't know why, but I, um, that's the only logic. I'm that, that's no logic. <laughs> it's just just basic, you know, that they're at home. They're hosting the game. I don't know. Yep. Sure. Yes, same thing. Patriots home game, short and sweet. I'm going with New England here. They are favored by two and a half points. I know they um, looked bad in that second half and they lost last week down in Miami. Of course, Washington almost pulled off the upset at home against. Philadelphia, you kind of figured that if they didn't win that game, if they won that game, then you wouldn't have seen as many changes to, to their roster. But they lost a heartbreak, and you saw the changes that we just mentioned a moment ago. So I'm going with New England here. I told you these picks are difficult. This is not, this is not an easy week. No, it's no. It this really is a crazy year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very, yeah. Well, yeah, that too. And uh, it's gonna get a little bit crazier too. We got the Panthers come out their first win of the season as they host. Indy, Sid, you start this one in the first of the three o'clock games. Oh, these three o'clock games call me crazy are garbage, but we'll get yeah. to that in a minute. Well, yeah, yeah, we'll get to all that later. You only got three? Uh, never mind. Yeah, no, let never me let me let me do what Lakina says to pick this game. Uh, uh -huh. The Panthers have uh, the Panthers are two and a half point underdogs at home. I know the Colts lost a tough one at home last week to the Saints. Uh, the Panthers they won their first game last week against the Houston Texans on the last second field goal by Eddie Pinheiro, uh, the former okay. Chicago Bear kicker. But I think that luck runs out here. It's going to be an ugly close game. You might get a Lakina McGee special, a 17, 13, 18, 10 game. I'm going with the Colts and Gardner Minshew. I'm going with the Panthers. It, it's one of those really ugly games. Don't look at me like that, Sid. This week's already <laughs> on, young lady. <laughs> I literally was going back and forth between these teams because they're both they're obviously both rebuilding. You don't know what Jonathan Taylor is going to do because of the quarterback situation and what he's got going on personally. So it's it's really up in the air for both teams. So I think I'm just gonna Go with the Panthers. Oh, good Lord. Uh, I'll go with the Colts just because I think they're just a little bit better than the Panthers. I mean, I, I just think that you know, they might be coming off a high. They may have the momentum going in after getting their first win last week. I know the Colts have been up and down, but uh, I, I think maybe just a little bit better. We'll see. But uh, this could be one of, the, one of those close ones, too. Like I said, 9-6, you know, like 7-6 or something. So it could be one of those ugly games. So take the under. Take the under. <laughs> for those of you who are going to be gambling on this. Uh, Giants and Raiders on Fox. Uh, <laughs> good Lord. Jeez. Uh, uh, Aiden, o Aiden O'Donnell will be starting. Um for the Raiders, uh, the Giants. I don't know what the hell's going on with the Giants. I know, I know they. they Neil Jones again. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, Jesus. I, again, <laughs> again, no logic. But I'm picking the Raiders. I don't know why. I, I guess I don't know. They seem like look. You know, look. Josh McDaniels is gone now. Antonio Pierce is there. Got a couple of Super Bowls. Going to be facing the Giants' former team. I think you can see they're a little bit more relaxed now. If you see Devontae Adams, you know, playing, you know, ping pong and pickleball or whatever. Yeah. So for that, I'll say, you know, team morale, I'll take the Raiders. I'm picking the Raiders to Crosby put out a hype video saying we need to fill Allegiant Stadium this weekend. And for whatever reason, they seem excited. So why not? Let's go with the Raiders. <laughs> I'm going with the Raiders too. And they are favored by only two points at home. Well, well, much, well, 
Yeah, yeah. I wonder what Las Vegas was thinking, giving a point to the New York Giants. Maybe they think that the Raiders would be overconfident. I don't know. But. Maybe. I don't know. I, I guess maybe that's their mindset. I, I don't, Who knows? Um, okay, well, this should be this should be a good one, though. The uh, America's Game of the Week on Fox. Chicago, we'll, we'll, we'll get this game as well. Multi-nation, if not all the nation, well, except for uh, New York and uh, Las Vegas, we'll get this game. The Cowboys and the Eagles in the NFC East. Sid, you start this one. Cowboys five and two, the Philadelphia Eagles seven and one. Uh, the Cowboys, it, you think you got them uh, figured out? You got them down? They always come back. Will this be the week for them to do it? I say not. Philadelphia, as I said, they'll take a small step back, but it looks like their offense is starting to come around a bit, especially with Jalen Hurts and with that running game. Devontae Smith and AJ Brown, uh, both their stud wide receivers seem like they're back on track. But watch out for the Philadelphia's defense. Hassan Reddick, he was a, a threat last year. He's been a bigger threat this year for the linebacker position. I think the Cowboys will surprise Cowboys will surprisingly keep this close, but I have Philadelphia win this game at home. Uh, Christine? Yeah, I'm – look, here's the thing. When I look at both of these teams – it's been pretty cut and dry when it comes to the wins for the Cowboys. The Eagles, on the other hand, every one of those wins have not been easy for them. You mentioned it earlier when we were talking about the Commanders, Sid, that they mm -hmm. almost had the upset against the Eagles. They have had too many turnovers, and Jalen Hurts has not been looking as strong as what he did last year. And when you look at, at Dak and his confidence and what he's been doing with the Cowboys this season, it just looks stronger and cleaner and crisper than what the Eagles have been doing this season. Not saying that they aren't a good team. They have been winning, mm -hmm. but it's ugly winning. That's what I said last week, too. So because it's a little bit cleaner and it's a little bit more straightforward, not as many turnovers as what the Eagles have been doing, I'm picking the Cowboys. I would, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Cowboys do pull this off, but I think, look, but that's why I'm picking the Eagles because they are used to these kind of like, you know, grinded out, you know, down to wire types. You know, look, it gets you kind of ready for the playoffs. So uh, this will be a close one. This will, you know, it might come down to who has the ball last, but I'm picking the Eagles. I just think that they're just a tad better. I trust their defense a little bit better, too. So uh, should be a fun one there, uh, America's Game of the Week now. Sunday yeah, Philadelphia's favorite by three points even at home. So, yeah, so basically it's a pick -up. So, uh, yeah, so uh, Vegas, you know, they know something we don't, I guess. Um, Sunday night here, a uh, better matchup than last Sunday, that's for sure. Uh, Bills and Bengals. <laughs> I'll start this one. I know the Bengals are coming off a high. You know, they've won three in a row. They've won, you know, against San Francisco on the road. The Bills, I think we'll see if Razul Douglas, you know, does end up playing, you know, uh, Sunday night. Call me crazy, but I think he'll give them that little bit of an up on the defense that they needed. I, you know, the Bengals, I know they've been playing better lately. I know Jamar Chase has been, you know, catching the ball like crazy, but I think, you know, having Douglas there, if he does play, will slow him down a bit. So it'll be a close one, but I might regret this in the morning, but I'm picking the Bills. All of a sudden, the Bengals are playing football. So, Joe Money, for the first time in a while, I'm picking you. I'm picking the Bengals this one. <laughs> And a mic drop to finish it off. Love it. Love it. Oh, love it. Drop. Love it. Remember the regular season game between these two teams wasn't played last year due to the yep. situation with DeMar yeah. Hamlin. Yep. Uh, with all due respect, you know, NBC is going to run that storyline to the ground. Yes. Don't get mad at me. Get mad at NBC for doing it. Uh, I'll, <laughs> yes, leave that, I'll leave that alone. Yes, they but, will. Uh, they this, will. <laughs> yeah. 
But this was this was the rematch from uh, last year's playoffs. Of course, you saw Cincinnati and Joe Mixon, well, along with Joe Money, uh, run the ball down the Buffalo mm. Bills' throats up there in Western New York last year. I think that's going to give them uh, a better edge uh, this year. Cincinnati's favored by two points at home. I think it's going to be a, a, a real close game. It may come down to a last-second field goal. I'm going with Cincinnati in this one. Should be a fun one uh, there. Now, of course, Monday Nighter, Manning Cast on ESPN too. So yeah, we'll be yeah. on uh, ESPN. You got the Chargers and the Jets. Uh, I mean, the Jets. Look, they've been playing very well. They've kind of been sneaky good. You know, four and three. The Chargers come off that win against the Bears. Sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> but, but but I know. Look, they'll they'll have an extra day, so the the, the travel thing, you know, cross country won't be a problem. I think you know Herbert. Uh, and the rest of Eckerd and the, that defense for the Chargers, I think they're going to give Zach Wilson fits. But, yeah, this will be a close one, but I'm picking the Chargers. So I say that with hesitantly, but I'm picking the Chargers. I'll pick the Chargers. I'll pick the Chargers with a little bit more confidence. See, it's funny that you say that because I'm picking the Jets, but I put a question mark by it. <laughs> yeah, really honestly, so. <laughs> Well, it, this game can honestly go either way just because, and I mentioned this last week too, the, the Jets have all the right, the right tools because they were meant for Aaron Rodgers, not for Zach Wilson. So they got all the equipment with them. They are just still trying to figure out how to use it with Zach Wilson being the, being the quarterback. Aaron Rodgers, he's been more mobile within the last couple of weeks, and he's been making a lot of improvements quicker than what anybody has ever thought they're saying he he could come back maybe even sooner than than what was anticipated so mm-hmm. could this be the last couple of weeks we see Zach Wilson who knows but I think just because again the the weapons are a little bit stronger right now for the Jets I'm I'm picking the Jets with hesitation <laughs> <laughs> I'm going with the Chargers here, even though the Jets have a better defense. They've been playing better lately defensively. But they got away with one last week in that terrible game against the New York Giants, their city rivals. And, of course, we all know what the char- Chargers <laughs> they did against the Bears last week. Pardon my Arnold Schwarzenegger. But uh, you mentioned it, Lakina. The travel would not be a problem for the San Diego Chargers of Los Angeles, as we call them on this show. So mm-hmm. Justin Herbert and those guys will, will be ready. They're favored by three and a half points. I wouldn't be surprised if the Jets cover, but the Chargers should win this ball game. I'm going with L.A. All right. And uh, last but certainly not least, you got the Bears and the Saints. Andrew Callan, yeah. Yeah, Matt Ryan, Tiki Barber. Uh, we'll have the call uh, for you guys there on CBS. Uh, AJ Ross will be there as well on the sidelines. Can't forget about my girl, AJ. But, uh, you know, what, what do you guys think? I'll let you guys go first. I mean, we have Ross Jackson on with us um, a few minutes ago. For me, I think, look, Vontaze went. I don't know if he'll play this week, so uh, we were, I'm waiting for the, the new uh, the, the injury report. But I think the Bears will keep it. Again, they'll cover, but I think they'll lose it. I, I think, look, I think the, you know, the Saints are kind of trying to find their groove. We'll see how Kamara does, I guess, that run defense for the Bears has actually been pretty good. I'm sure Carl will get his four or five touchdown passes. And, uh, yeah, I think I think that – like I said, I think the, the Bears will cover, but I think the Saints will win it. Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering if anybody has Matt Nagy's phone number on speed dial. It would be great if we can have him back anytime. <laughs> anytime. <laughs> I'm not even 
even kidding. We I was we were talking about this today, and when you think about it, Mad Nagy in his first season was twelve and four. Then by his second season, he was a good five hundred, eight and eight. Eberflus right now is five and twenty. I it it doesn't make sense to me what the heck is going on. It really doesn't, and. This whole deal with Montez Sweat, while we do need more weapons on the defensive side, it's a double-edged sword. And I say that because he's a great player. He seriously is a great defensive player, but he's on the end, end of his contract. How do we know for sure that he's going to stay with the Chicago Bears? There's no guarantee with that, and we just gave up a second-round pick for him. We all saw what happened the last time that Bulls gave up a second round pick. He's now in Miami. He didn't like being with Chicago. And he was giving all sorts of smack about the coaches, culture, whatever. So it, I think that move is just a little too late. I I think uh Bulls got a little too uh money happy, got got a little too heavy with the trade deadline button, as I like to call it. And so I don't think it's not going to make a difference this season. Why he did it, I don't know. Um, and I even went back and forth on this game because I wasn't too upset with the game on Sunday night just because it was my first time actually seeing Tyson on television. A lot of the throws that he was doing, I, I turned and I looked at Chris and I said, Justin Fields would not have made that throw. So, like, I, I could honestly say a good portion of the throws and the moves that, that Tyson did, Fields would never think about doing any of those in a million years, doing those types of passes and throws. And I feel, felt bad for Tyson in the first half because it was his own line that gave him a lot of penalties that didn't even give the poor kid a chance mm -hmm. to, to do anything and to mm -hmm. show his stuff. So I, I really think there's something, I don't think he's the answer for Chicago, that's for sure. But I do think there's something in him that could potentially help at least save whatever is left of the season to have a little shining moment for this kid for sure. Because again, he's got, a, he's got a good arm and I think he's got a good head on his shoulders. And again, he does a lot of, a lot of plays that Fields would never would never do and hasn't done for his time being in Chicago so far. Um, but I am, it, it's going to be close. I, I am going to pick the saints though. Don't forget the bears got rid of another assistant coach this week. The running backs coach do That's too. true too. It's like, it, it just doesn't make any sense. It really yeah. doesn't. It really does. And like, like I said before, we'll say it again. The, what they did with Alvin Williams, the now the ex-defensive coordinator, there's that story is going to come out when yeah. it's supposed to come out. We'll find out eventually what happened with him. So I, I'll leave I'll leave it at that. But uh, the Bears, uh, we know those moves were made for next year, not necessary for this season. But for this game, I'm picking the New Orleans Saints, and the Saints are favored by eight points on a row. Yeah, you see, and, and go ahead. No, go oh, ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say one more thing. I'll say about Montez Sweat that whole deal. That gives me a signal that Eberflus and Poles are staying. He wouldn't do a move like that internally or like something this bold 
if they didn't know that those two were staying on. That's just a nonverbal communication signal to me anyway. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> well, well, the Bears have not won in the Superdome. I'm not going to call it that corporate name uh, since. Uh, <laughs> yeah, go all the way back to 1991. I was in grade school. Chrissy, <laughs> you weren't even born yet. That's I wasn't. How, yeah, that's how long ago that was. You go. Yeah, I'm about like, like, on YouTube this weekend, Christine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's right there, like October 26th, I think 1991. So yeah, like, like Ricky yeah. Jackson was was on that team. You know, now Hall of Famer. Yeah, just a the late Sam Sam Mills. Sam Mills was on that yeah. on the defense. Yeah. Mm. So, uh, hmm. oh, oh, Lord, it's been a long time. <laughs> Swilling. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh, Lord. There you go. Now I'm going to wave over some of those names. Uh, <laughs> good Lord. You know, those are our picks for uh, Week 10 in the NFL. This has been Second Season Sports. Sports of Chicago, Lakita McGee, Cindy Brown, our girl, character based Chrissy Manica for uh, joining us as well as usual. Uh, so, in their 63rd season, it's happened. The Texas Rangers win the World Series. Oh, sorry. And that was from oh, videos from the Big Fox Network. Of course, Joe Davis calling uh, the Rangers winning their first World Series in franchise history. Um, the 63 years, as he said, they were back then. They were the Washington Senators, believe it or not, for those first uh, 12 years. Uh, Bruce Bochy was his fourth. Joins uh, Sparky Anderson and uh, Tony La Russa for uh, winning uh, uh, World Series titles in both leagues. Corey Seager, you know, joins Reggie Jackson, who now has two World Series MVPs. Marcus Simeon gets his first ring. Uh, what do you guys think? Did you guys get able to catch the? Well, Christy, you were right on. They was it was they they won in five, so uh, you were actually right about that. So, uh, guys, what do you think about uh, this past World Series? Predictable for the most part. Yeah, give Arizona credit, even though they ran out of gas. They had a very good year. As we talked about Lakina, they were playing with house money. And let's not forget, both these teams were wild card teams, and they won their sweat their wild card series and come back faster to get uh, to this point. But congratulations to the Texas Rangers. If you guys haven't noticed, I, I, I dug this out of the closet. I'm, I'm ah. serious about this. This is Josh Hamilton jersey from when very they nice. lost wow. the World Series back in 20, 2011. Yes. Trust me, I barely get fit this thing, but uh, I like the color. That's why I bought it. But uh, the Rangers were the better team. And before game five on Wednesday, the last two games before the games three and four, they outscored the Arizona Diamondbacks in the first three innings, 13 nothing. So yep. as we talked about, Lakina, Arizona uh, likes to get off to, uh, to a hot start. The Texas Rangers took their playbook and reversed it on the last two games. Of course, uh, game five it culminated with them scoring in the last couple of innings. And uh, as far as the White Sox are concerned, uh, Christine, I know you agree with me on this. That should have happened here a couple of years ago. I'm not going to get on Tony LaRusso and that. We did, we did that about a thousand times. But as far as the former White Sox players that are on that team, congrats to Marcus Simeon. Congrats to Dane Dunning. Dane Dunning. I mean, come on now. I mean, <laughs> for Lance Lynn. Lance Lynn sitting on the couch. And, 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 and Dane Dunning is a world champion. 
Go I figure know. that out. Go figure. Yeah, the baseball is crazy. And also, Chris Young, who helped put this team together, called Bruce Bochy, who, you know, he, he said it was like he was sitting on the couch. You know, he came in and said, hey, you want to come back to, to manage? You know, this team, you know, I got this nice group of up-and-comers, a little mixture of veterans. Look what happened. So now he's yeah. definitely a Hall of Famer now. So uh, if there were any questions that he wouldn't be. But, uh, yeah, congrats to the Rangers. I know their party is still down there just outside Dallas. And uh, now in contrast, unfortunately, the Rangers for their about 11 million, 10, 11 million, that was about the clincher. Now, unlike. Here's the 0-1. This is going to be a tough play. Now, again, thank you to Fox for that clip from 2016. That was when the Cubs beat the then Cleveland Indians in seven to win the World Series there. In contrast, that got 40 million uh, viewers for that clincher. We all rain delayed by an hour. You know, you know, Jason Hare with, their, with his speech. I was watching it, you know, still a you know, nervous wreck. So I know I know, I got two White Sox friends, friends here. But uh, real quick, where were you guys when uh, the Cubs clinched their World Series title? I was in college. Sid, <laughs> <laughs> what about you? Of course, of course, you know, I was working the D and Davis show at the time. Mm -hmm. This is before I started working with you full time. So I was at home watching it uh, just because, you know, I had to watch it because of the shows that I was working on. <laughs> and I, and for the, for the Cubs, you know, great for them, great for their fans. And welcome to the club now. You know, they accomplished what they did without winning the World Series. They went 108 years, I think, officially without yep. uh, winning the title. So uh, Joe Madden was on cloud night. You know, some of them in the organization still don't like him to this day, even though he did help them get to a World Series. He might not right. like the way that he did it, but they finally got it done and they reached the summit. It's just that like many of those young teams that, that win it, you know, you take things for granted and then yeah. things go down here real fast. Now, they did get back to the NLCS that following year before yep, losing to the Dodgers. But after that, the loss, I believe, in the wild card game wild card. to the Colorado Rockies yes. where the offense went to, went to bed. There was actually nowhere to be found. And then, of course, 2019, uh, they didn't even make the playoffs at all. Yeah, you, you appreciate that. And hopefully, both for both the Cubs and the Sox, hopefully they can, you know, with all the moves they made, you know, especially with the White Sox, you know, they made a couple uh, big hires. Uh, in the front office this uh, last few weeks, so we'll talk more. We'll talk more about that, Ezio, when we have a little bit more time. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, rest yeah, of I want to ask like, Chris. Yeah, I want to ask Christine real quick. Of course, the Baltimore uh, Orioles, uh, champions of the AL East, they got swept by the now champion, world champion Texas Rangers. Baltimore, Tampa, and not Tampa, Baltimore, Texas, and Arizona. Texas. Yeah, uh, Texas and Arizona. All three of them lost. 100 games two years ago, and they reached the playoffs. Of course, now Texas arose. Yeah. Is that hope for the Sox for the next two or three years to do the same thing? Forget about winning the World Series. At least get back to the playoffs. Well, I hope so. <laughs> right. I mean, uh, right. I mean, look, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be, be a good old man. So, uh, yeah, you never know. <laughs> yeah. On that note, you follow me, Kenny McGee, on the Twitter X. I can't we're getting the IG. You can follow yours truly, Sydney Brown, on the Twitter, X and the IG, SCK80. Once again, it's SCK80, that's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. Christine, where the lovely people can follow you on social media. 
They can follow me at cmanica underscore kxrb. And you still have the bird? Yes. <laughs> nice, nice. You're lucky. You're lucky. Of course, you can catch Second City Sports every Monday, every Friday, right here on Sports of Chicago. Again, Second City Sports every Monday, every Friday, noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time on Sports of Chicago on the Facebook and YouTube page. And don't forget, you can follow Sports on Chicago on all social media platforms, so Facebook, Twitter, X, Instagram, and YouTube. Please subscribe to our podcast at War Media Podcast. That's W-A-R-R Media, P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S. We are on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. And give War Media a follow at W-A-R-R Media on Facebook, Twitter, X, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. And you can also uh, catch Sports Zone Chicago live in the living color, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, live and on demand on Roku TV. Yes, anytime, anywhere. So for enjoy all the sports. You know, you've got some uh, NBA, uh, uh, NHL, NFL. <laughs> yeah, the, the college football, of course. Uh, yeah, so, you know, we're getting to the weeks here. We're in November now, and also college hoops is about to start, so uh, make sure you guys check out those college hoops games as well. So uh, stay warm out there. I know it's going to be a little bit warmer, uh, you know, around our area for the next few days. For Sid and Christine, I'm Lakia. This has been Second City Sports on Sports of Chicago. Ooh, excuse me. And we'll see you Monday. Sorry about that. <laughs> Go Bears, I guess. Holla! <laughs> <laughs> All right.